All right, let us pray. Lord, we thank you that you are preparing us for the days ahead. And we thank you that you are not idle and uh, leaving it to randomness how we get along. We thank you you do not just say run along and good luck to you in the days ahead, but you have carefully prepared um, all of us and have been doing this for some time. So we ask you that you open our ears, open our hearts to be able to hear you speaking to us, that at the end of today we will have said we heard the voice of God and not the voice of a man. And so we come before you, Lord, we lay everything before you, and we say, Lord, we are absolutely bankrupt of any power to make anything happen for ourselves, good or bad, bad easily but good very hard. So we ask you, Lord, that you come and by your Spirit, pour yourself upon us and set us free from things that hold us and hinder us. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been looking at the second uh, epistle of Paul to Timothy, which is his last known epistle. Uh, Many people feel that um, it was very soon after he had written this Uh, last letter to Timothy that he was executed in Rome. And so what we have here is the last very urgent and important thoughts of a man who knew that darkness was about to come upon the fledgling church. Timothy had just been promoted, as we spoke about last week, to the, the role of elder or bishop in the church of Ephesus. And uh, I, I remember in 2007 going with my family to um, Ephesus, actually, as part of a trip to um, Turkey, and l- looking at the Colosseum, or, or rather the amphitheater, is huge, very huge, and just being struck by the sophistication of the city. Uh, so much of their roads were actually made of marble and they had striated um, um, roads for horses that would have slipped on the marble. But they had these little grooves that would cause horses to be able to come onto these these strips of marble and not slip. There was just amazing things in in terms of the the open open air theater and all that. And to think about it, that Paul spoke to thousands of people out there uh, no microphone. It must be, have been something. It must have been the most intimidating thing for Timothy. And it would have required tremendous uh, bravery on the part of, of Paul to actually have done that. But um, this is what we are up with, up against, <laughs> as we look at Second Timothy chapter 1 again. All right, let's pray. Lord, we welcome your presence, your power. And we say that you come again. Come again as we pray again. Come again as in such a way that our lives will be penetrated by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. I'd like you to look as we uh, at Second uh, Timothy chapter 1. And I'm going to read not the whole of chapter 1, but just a certain part of it. And we'll read it from verse 6. For this reason, I remind you to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 
For God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and discipline. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Verse 10, But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death, and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Amazing thing, right? What Paul is uncovering is that supernatural, immortal life, that Zoe kind of life, the God kind of life, that is the, the business that he was, he was about. Not some static uh, set of rules, but actually the, 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 the bringing to life of life and immortality to the gospel. Verse 11 though, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. Verse 12, for this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. Perhaps uh, the title that I would give for today is, I am not ashamed. Yeah, I am not ashamed. But I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, not what, but whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in the faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in you the treasure which has been entrusted to you. You are aware of the fact that all who are in Asia turned away from me, among whom are Phygelus and Hermogenes. The Lord grant mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he often refreshed me and was not ashamed. Of my chains. But when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me and found me. The Lord grant to him to find mercy from the Lord on that day, and you know very well what services he, he rendered at Ephesus. I'd like to talk about the fact that Paul seems to be effect, um, uh, emphasizing the issue of shame. Yeah? I'm not ashamed. Do not be ashamed. He was not ashamed, yeah? Uh, Nesiphorus was not ashamed of my chains. Uh, and so you see it uh, in verse 8. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Yeah? Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. It's a very interesting thing, right? It's, a lot, it's very easy for us to not be ashamed when we are doing the thing that we are gifted for, or there is a relative amount of success, it's very easy for us, for us to feel, I'm not ashamed, I'm not ashamed, because I'm proud, actually, I'm proud of what I do. And it's interesting how shame and pride are both very much connected. I'm sure you know that by now. If you've lived any more than two years in your life, you know shame and pride are very, very related. <laughs> but the thing about it is that Paul was, was, was basically saying, do not be ashamed, of the testimony of our Lord, or nor of me, yeah, the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but join in me with me in suffering. So it's very easy, perhaps, for us to be not ashamed when we are doing well. The, the, the crunch, though, is when we are not necessarily doing well, or when we have reason, as far as the world is concerned, to feel ashamed. What say you? 
That seems to be the core fault line in our personality, in our being, right from the days of the fall in the Garden of Eden, where because they had um, sinned against God, the different definition of their um, their, um, their their sentiment, their how they felt was shame, shame. Everything they did was to cover the shame, whether it's through animal through through um, through leaves or to or through hiding. Yeah, hiding from the presence of God. Shame is at the core of so much of our being. In fact, shame is the thing that is the soft spot in us that can cause great things to not actually materialize in us because of the fact of shame, or we are ashamed. Or there's something that is resident in us that, is, uh, that, that gets in the way. It's in the core of us, and it causes us to flinch, to turn back, to run away, to hide, or to... Um, distort our, 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 our words, and distort our behavior just because of that. But he says to, 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 to Timothy something that's uh, really interesting. Do not be ashamed. Do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, Lord or of me, his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. So we tend to think about the power of God as something that isn't suffering. Yeah, we think, think of the power of God as something that is, is you know, what makes miracles happen. You know, that's what causes breakthroughs to happen. That's just the good stuff, right? But at the same time, Paul is saying, join me. What an invitation. Maybe we should call our, our conference the Suffering Conference. <laughs> join us. No, 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 we won't. Join me in, in suffering, yeah, by the power of God. So we like the power of God to heal the sick, to cast out demons, to do amazing things, um, to, 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 to be used by God. We, need the, we like the power of God to do amazing and extraordinary things. We, things that are, um, um, you know, dramatic, spectacular. But he's saying, join me in suffering for, for him according to the power of God or by the power of God. And he's saying there is a suffering that does not include shame. That you can actually suffer by the power of God without being shamed. Any of you know Tom Holland? I don't mean the actor, but Tom Holland, the historian, yeah, the British historian. And he's probably on the verge of becoming a Christian, actually. He's very, very well known. And uh, Tom Holland talked about the fact that he did not become a Christian when he was young, was not attracted to Christianity because of one thing. What he was put off by is the fact that he liked history, the history of people who are powerful, who are successful, who did well. And there was something about the history of Christianity that contained the story of a man who was humiliated, who was brought to in chains and died an ignoble death, a, a horrible death upon the cross. 
It's a story of Christians who died, many of them on crosses, and who died an excruciating death, and he, he was not attracted to that. And Paul, I think, is speaking to Timothy, and he says, don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed of Christ, who is not like any of the other gods, neither the Roman or Greek pantheon. He's not, not any of them. He's not like any of the folk gods that you have, the, 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 the countryside gods. He's a god who is known to have suffered and who had died on the cross and a completely noble death. Don't be ashamed of that. And also don't be ashamed of me. Okay, don't be ashamed of me because I'm in chains and I'm about to be crucified and I'm going to be accused of many, many things that are unjust. Don't be ashamed of me. And, and Timothy is there. He's in a very tough spot. He's facing the might of Rome. He's also facing the persecution of Jews by Jews. And he's feeling that soft core in him, that fault line that is sub, subject to shame. And Paul is telling him, don't be ashamed, but join in suffering with me by the power of God. And, I, and yet I want to say that it is this that we need not when we are doing well, but when we are not doing so well. We need this freedom from shame. This not ashamedness. When we are having financial difficulty. Where it seems like the life, our life's work, the work that we've done for the past 10 years or so, has come to nothing much. When it seems as if we are associated, associated with a bunch of people that don't have much credibility. And the first thing you want to do because of shame is you want to dis distance yourself from them. You, you want to distance yourself in the context that you are in, in which Christ is actually considered a stumbling block. Yeah? And Paul is saying, you need the power of God to not be ashamed. You need the power of God to allow you to go through suffering and to go through standing alone in these pivotal moments because the power of God will stand you in good stead and it will free you from shame. That you will not see people's um, recrimination as a reflection of who you are, but you will, be, you will transcend that. I am not ashamed, Paul says, after all this. I am not ashamed of the gospel. For I know whom I have believed. Not just what I believe, but whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded, or I'm convinced, or I'm convicted. I like the King James Version. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed to him, my, my life, unto him against that day. So I want to talk a little bit about that because... It's an important thing. How do you not be ashamed? How do you not be ashamed of other Christians? Who perhaps you look down and, 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 and perhaps your non-Christian friends have made fun of or, or who have been offended by. How do you not be ashamed? How do you not be ashamed of Christ? 
How do you not be ashamed so that when you stand alone and you don't look good and everything looks bad around you, you are not ashamed? You may be suffering, but you're not ashamed. That means you can hold your heart up and you can continue doing the hard thing that you need to do and stand alone if you're going to do something new that God wants to do through you. The reason why most people don't really do great things is because of the fact that on account of the being ashamed, they won't go. They won't go there. Because shame will cause them to run away. Because shame has to be endured, so to speak, when you are in a dimension in which nobody can see the, the bright, gl- glorious light that God wants to bring in. Okay? Nobody can see it. You look bad. You look bad. And we need the power of God when we are, we are put into situations that make us look bad. What say you? Not to justify yourself, but to actually hold up. Just hold up. And be having the joy of the Lord. I think this is what God has for us today. That is that crucial thing that you will need and I will need in order to be used by God, like God speaks about this servant of Yahweh, to be able to stand in that gap alone. When what you are about and what God wants you to do is contrary to what any decent human being may think is the right thing. But you, in order to be a trailblazer, (laughs) and I hesitate to use words like that. Let's use the word, okay? Trailblazer. In order for you to be a trailblazer, you need to stand alone. And Paul says, at my last defense, all had left me, but the Lord strengthened me and comforted me. All of us have to have that experience. All of us. Now, I'm not justifying stupidity or sin. I'm just talking about some of us will stand alone because of sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about standing alone because of the fact that God wants to do something completely new in a situation and then you introduce it or you move in that way, everybody will misunderstand you. How do you have the power of God not for doing great, wonderful, snazzy things but to do the things that are costly and will cause you to stand? Because that is the thing that will cause a solid work to be done and not the other stuff. It is very easy to be popular. We've got all kinds of techniques doing that. We've grown up in this day and age knowing how to be well-received and popular. That's, that's not the issue. We're not talking about that. There's good in that, but, but that's not what we're talking about.